Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Cedar Valley Church. My name is Grant. And I'm Leslie. And we're gonna get the service started for you. Yeah, we are so excited you're here. If this is your first time here, a special welcome to you. We're so excited that you've decided to join us. Um, do us a favor and drop a comment there on our Facebook or YouTube comment section. Um, you can also send an email at hello at cedarvalley.ca. We just really wanna to get to know you. Yeah, we, we wanna make that step past just being online. This is a great way to start and stay connected throughout this pandemic when we can't meet you know, inside buildings, stuff like that. But we wanna make that go past just profile names and yep. whatever else is going on there. And so we're real people, we can do real conversations, go out for a patio visit somewhere. Mm -hmm. And for everybody who's joining in, uh, best way to stay informed is by following us on mm -hmm. Facebook, Instagram. We have a weekly email newsletter. Uh, you can sign up for that, cedarvalley.ca, YouTube channel. Lots of great stuff that goes out, uh, devotional posts, updates. Mm -hmm. We have a great social media team constantly just bringing us everything under the sun, ways yeah. to connect in our community, ways to see what's going on in mission and the church. Mm -hmm. So yeah, follow us on that. Yeah, we're just so excited to connect with you and there's lots of ways to do that. Um, additionally, if you've been impacted by any of these services or the things that Cedar Valley has done, um, especially online, make sure you hit that share button. Um, we just wanna make sure that as many people as we can are just seeing who we are and learning about our love for Jesus and what we're all about here. Yes, spread the news, yeah. spread the good news. And next week is Mother's Day. And so what should we be looking forward to? You know what? There's a couple things happening. We're super excited. We have a special service that's planned. Um, we've got some opportunities to hear from some great women in our church who've experienced a little bit of what mentorship is like. Um, so we're excited to bring that to you and to just sort of, sort of yeah, see how other women have done it so far. Yeah, or even being a mentor in somebody's yep. life. And exactly. you're leading us through that too, aren't you? You know what? I am. Yeah, bringing so, us the preach. Yes. So. Fantastic. So it'll be good. Yeah, and after that service, we have a special gift. Uh, we mm -hmm. want to do a little drive-through pickup gift for all the amazing women out there. You're all invited. You can just drop by the church parking lot here, Cedar Valley Church, and between 11.30 to 12.30, pick up a great gift. It's a surprise, but it's for any of you. No strings yep. attached. Yeah, it'll be awesome. Uh, we've got a quick plug here for our summer interns. Um, so this year we've got two positions available and we are so excited to have this opportunity first of all, um, but just to be able to um, get some things done over the summer, we're really excited about it. So if you know anybody, um, they've got to be youth, um, you can just definitely let Grant know. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Yep. And yeah, we got awarded some grant money to mm -hmm. do these positions and with all this online stuff, there's a lot of extra work involved. Yep. And so really any of you out there, or if you know somebody who's got a bit of like audiovisual production experience mm -hmm. or skills or want to dive into that, some graphic web design kind of stuff, let us know. You get a great job working with me over the summer and helping out the ministry of this church. Yeah. Let's get the service started off with a time of prayer. Awesome. Sounds good. God, thanks so much for this time together, this chance to connect, um, the way that we can do this, the fact that this is even possible, that you've blessed us in so many ways this year online. And we just ask that you'd continue doing that. And we just are so thankful for all the ways that we've been able to connect with people. Um, and this year, especially God, for the ways we've connected with our Awana kids. Um, we just wrapped that up this week and we're so thankful that um, that it was possible, that people were adaptive and that we could meet in person sometimes and connect with kids and just basically, um, we're just, yeah, we're so thankful that you gave us that opportunity and we could teach kids more about you and that we got to see them learn um, just a lot about you and how to love you and how to serve you and we are so grateful. And in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to start off with a time of worship singing in just a moment here. There's going to be lyrics on the screen so you can join in however you feel comfortable. Just lifting mm -hmm. up praises uh, of, to God, about God, about His impact in our lives. 
sing, hum, however you feel led in that. Yeah. After that, we've got a special lesson for the kids from Kate. Mm, bit of a gardening lesson. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. We're excited to see what um, goes on. And each week we've got interactive materials for you to do with your kids um, or for your kids to do while they're watching the little lesson. And so if you would like to have those materials, get connected in that way, send Pastor Doug an email and he would be happy to get those materials to you. Yeah, and that, uh, Pastor Doug is bringing us through chapter 15 of the Gospel of John. We're in a Gospel of John series right now. We're calling the one and only mm -hmm. one chapter a week. We'd love for you to be reading along with us as well yeah. in that, but it's going to be a great message uh, as we're flying through. There's like yeah. six chapters left, I think, it's in this. Crazy. <laughs> and uh, But before we head into all that, there's a bit of a, a gardening theme has already happened. So mm. Kate's message with the kids is going to be super fun. We've got some props like that too. There's a bit of artwork in our series mm -hmm. here, some great vines, because chapter 15 is all about Jesus saying, you know, I am the true vine. Yep. So here's a question. We had a little, we had some fantastic updating a couple weeks ago in our mm. little church garden bed, and that was really fun. It's springtime, so we're doing yep. a bit of gardening. Looks great. Yeah. What kind of like, what is your favorite plant to garden? Mm. What's yours? What's your favorite plant to put in the garden to just watch grow? You know, maybe it fruits and you get some benefits that way. You know, raspberries, I think, I think they may be my favorite. They're a fantastic fruit, first of all, but the plant itself is super fascinating. It sends up shoots for next year already, the year before. Like it's it's really amazing. I love watching that plant every year. Yeah. 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 I would say I don't even know what they're called, and maybe somebody out there who knows a bit more about horticulture can let me know. But I call them fire flowers. They're these little fl flowers, super bright, kind of mm. fuzzy on top, like a little. Oh, we had thing. one last year. Yeah, they're fun. They they die quickly, yeah. which is too bad, but but they're cool. Yeah, so let us know on the comment stream. Head over to the comments of Facebook mm -hmm. or YouTube. Let us know your favorite plant that you just love watching grow, caring for. Let mm -hmm. us know why. And if you're getting really inspired from this, maybe you could uh, consider coming up to the church property here, throw in some more plants, we'll have a fun. Maybe put some of your favorite plants into that little mm -hmm. garden bed. Just brighten up the place a bit. And other than that, we're in for a great morning. Thanks awesome. for joining us.
every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh, we live for you
Hey there, Jenny and I are with Rick and Melissa this afternoon and they have somebody really important that they would like to introduce to us today. So check her out. <laughs> this is Zoe Elizabeth. Queens. Queens. <laughs> Fantastic. When was she born and how is she doing? She was born April 20th at 12 in the morning and she's doing really well. She's very happy and chill and yeah. She's a pretty easygoing baby, so we're hoping that doesn't change. <laughs> Sweet. So, um, she's doing well. How about you guys? How's the adjustment for, for you? It's an adjustment. <laughs> it, it's easy now. Like, I'm off work, so yeah. uh, it's nice that I can take care of Jack, and then Melissa can deal with the little the baby, baby Zoe. But yeah. when I go back to work, I will see how it is. Okay. Yeah. Good. And what does Jack think of his little sister? Jack, do you like Zoe? Huh? You like Zoe? No comment? No. <laughs> he likes her. He he likes tickling her feet and giving yeah. her a soother and putting the blanket on her and, and yeah. that kind of stuff. So it's uh, he's he's definitely enjoying her so far. Oh, yeah. fantastic! That is good to hear. And we just have a little Thank rosary you. here on behalf of the church. Just a little welcome for her into the church family Thank and this you. blessing for you. And we would just like to say a word of prayer over her Perfect. this afternoon. Our God, we thank you for your wonder, your grace, the beauty of this day, and the beauty of the child. Um, so precious, so dear. Um, thank you for Rick and Melissa and Jack and now Zoe. Um, God, together, uh, may they grow into a family that just exhibits your love to this world. Um, thank you so much for the gift that you have given them, and that we are together, part of this family we call the church. And uh, continue with us. Um, thank you for your blessing and this glorious time together. Amen. Amen. Say amen. Good morning, Cedar Valley kids. Um, and if this is your first time or you're still just checking us out, welcome here. We're super excited to have you and we just love having you visit with us. Um, so today I am going to just be talking about John chapter 15. And I wanted to say like last week what Allison was talking about, and if you missed that message, I would definitely encourage you to look at that again. Um, so Allison was talking about just such an awesome message. She was talking about pouring in the spirit to get rid of all of this sin and bitterness. And she had just this cup that was overflowing with good water. And that really convicted me. And I want to teach you guys that word like conviction in my understanding of the word means being excited to change a part of your soul. And that was very convicting for me. And so that really stems into what we're talking about this weekend. Um, we're talking about plants and being refined and having, having the goodness come from our lives. And so when, when Allison was talking about being filled with the Spirit, 
Jesus goes on to talk about that in John chapter 15, and he, I'm going to read you a portion here, and then we'll focus on some of that really good fruit that we're going to get from it. Um, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that does not bear fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that means he cuts it back. He gets rid of the stuff that's dead and not living and not working so that it will be even more fruitful. But Jesus says, you're already clean because you abide in me. And so that's another awesome word to abide. It's not a working word. It's like the most comfortable word I have ever known. So when you think of like cuddling up at home with your favorite blanket and you've got like this super cozy feeling, that's like abiding. And Jesus wants us to abide with him. So he says that when we abide in him, when we cozy up and we spend time with him, he's totally doing that right back with us. And so when we abide in him, when we're just spending time with him, then that's where we learn those fruits of the spirit. And these plants, when we talk about them, when he talks about abiding in him, he, Jesus, is the vine. He's the healthy plant. So I've got some cool plants here. These are some blueberry bushes. And Jesus is like the vine. He's like the healthy, like the trunk of a tree. So you could, you could think of it that way, like a really strong part of the tree, right? And for our, these are just really young blueberry plants, but these are the super healthy trunks right here. And these plants are gonna grow huge one day. But when we look at them, there's some parts of them that are not really healthy. Um, and this one specifically has this huge, we call this a sucker branch actually. So a sucker branch takes like, it sucks all this energy out from the main part of the tree, but it doesn't produce anything. Like, look at that, it's dead, but it will keep growing and not producing anything. And so God being the gardener, he comes along and he gets rid of all that stuff that's not producing fruit. So I know that I have sucker branches in my life and I just being, being convicted, asking God to come in and change my soul he gets rid of all of those yucky branches. And so if it's a big branch like this, we need like, do you think we need something like this or something like this? I feel like we'll give these a try. We'll see if it works. I'm not so sure. Yeah, that's just not gonna happen. So these little ones, we're, our gardener is gonna need more than that. He's gonna have to come along with these big choppers and just deal with this sucker branch and just get that right off of there. So when God comes along, if our sucker branches have been growing too long, there, there needs to be some pretty heavy equipment to get rid of that. And it's, it's harder to get rid of it, right? But if we welcome conviction and we ask Jesus, we ask the Holy Spirit, we ask God to get rid of those things sooner, we've got another little sucker branch here. There's just this little guy, he's not very big and he's not gonna produce anything. And so God being the gardener, he would just come along in our lives and that was so easy and like painless, right? But Jesus wants us to abide in him. And when we abide in him, when we spend time with him and his healthiness, then those sucker branches, either they don't really grow or when, we do, when they do grow, it's easy to get them off right away. And so I just wanna encourage you, talk to with your mom and dad or your grandparents about the things that are kind of like sucker branches in your life. 
I know that I've had some that I've really had to work hard with God to get out. And so it would be awesome to start working on those things now when you guys are younger to get rid of those sucker branches so that your, your vines, your fruit can grow big and healthy. And so I'm super excited for you guys to just be considering that this week. Take the time to just pray and abide in Jesus. Be comfortable with him. Just tell him what's going on. He'll talk to you about what's going on for him and he'll just fill you with his spirit. And so that spirit is gonna produce good fruit. So you're gonna start producing these beautiful branches in your life that will one day be full of good fruit. So I'm super excited for you guys to spend time abiding in Jesus this week. And thanks so much for joining me. See you next time. What would you say to your loved ones if you knew that it was going to be your last conversation with them? You know, it's likely that you would prepare this ahead of time. Maybe write some notes down, gather your thoughts, and, and make sure you had the most important things um, to give to those you love. You know, I remember years ago now already that... Um, when my dad was getting close to the end of his days, um, and I would go over there and we'd sit down and he would be in his, his favorite recliner, and uh, very peacefully he would, he would just tell me about Jesus and how much Jesus loved him and how he was amazed that Jesus would love him so much and um, how much he enjoyed um, a life with Jesus. And that was a real encouragement to me. And um, often it wasn't a long list of profound insights or wisdom, but it was always centered around um, the love of Jesus and how much he had for him. I would encourage you not to save all this important information, your, your little insights of wisdom for one last talk with your loved ones because you may not get it. But Jesus knew that this would be it. And so John chapter 15, where we are today in our message, it's part of that talk to his best friends. And so we begin chapter 15, verse 1 in John, where he says, I am the true vine. See, this is another one, and actually the last one of Jesus' I am statements found in the book of John. So, but why a vine? Why would Jesus use this metaphor? Well, in the past, the nation of Israel, that we find if we read through the Old Testament part of the Bible, it, they were referred to as the vine, through which God's blessing and glory would flow, and the desire for them to bear fruit in the lives of those around them. But essentially, God deemed them to be fruitless. And now Jesus says, I am the vine. And it's this personal relationship with Jesus that now defines God's people.
So, why a vine? Well, according to Josephus, he's a highly regarded Jewish scholar and historian who wrote much about the life and the times of Jesus' day. He records that when Jesus walked the earth, there was this great golden vine that grew right over the entrance to the temple in Jerusalem. And from it hung clusters of grapes as tall as a man. Quite an impressive sight. So let's just go back for a moment to chapter 14. Chapter 14 is when Jesus and his friends were in the upper room together and they enjoyed a final meal, their last supper. The disciples all got their feet washed and they also heard the, the terrible news of what was to come. And Jesus' final words in chapter 14 to his friends were, come now, let us leave. And then in chapter 15, it starts with Jesus' declaration that I am the vine. Now, it's quite possible if they actually walked out of that upper room and down the stairs and, and through the city, they could have been passing by this marvel of nature, this incredible vine that grew above the entrance of the temple. And looking up, Jesus uses this as a metaphor for his life, for who he is. We've discovered that it's quite common for Jesus to use something that's right in front of him and, and right around those who are listening to him to explain the truth of who he is and who he was. These seven I am statements are like that. In John 6.35, he says, I am the bread of life. Now, we use that just after somebody had asked and was talking about bread. And then in chapter 8, verse 12, he says, I am the light of the world. And it just so happens that when he was speaking, the sun was rising in the early dawn, giving light to the world. And then in chapter 10, he talks about being the gate for the sheep and the good shepherd. Well, all of those in the vicinity would have known all about the shepherds and the routine of keeping sheep and providing for them and protecting them. And then in chapter 11, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. That was the time when he rose Lazarus from the grave. And then just back in chapter 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he used that illustration when he was telling them what he was providing for them and how to get there, where he was going, and how they could also get there. And now, his seventh and final I am statement, he says, I am the true vine. And even if they weren't at this moment walking past this incredible grapevine growing on the side of the wall, they sure would have been aware of it. It was one of those can't miss items in town. 
You know, kind of like that giant raspberry on Clearbrook Road at the roundabout there. You can't miss it, and if somebody refers to it, you know exactly what they're talking about. And as we continue in this talk that Jesus gave his friends, we're going to notice some repeated words. Now, we can tell that something is particularly important in the Bible. We can tell that when God specifically wants us to get something, we find repetition. We find words and phrases repeated. You know, it's kind of like when you really want your child to really, really hear what you're saying. And maybe you take your hands on either side of their head and you tilt their head up to you so their eyes are looking directly at you and you speak very clearly and slowly just to make sure they're going to get it. Repetition in the Bible is kind of like that. God is saying, I want to make sure you really get this. One of the things that we discover over the next six verses is the word remain. Remain in my love. Or as Kate showed us this morning in the, in the English Standard Version Bible, the word abide is used. That's for us to continue that daily personal relationship with Jesus through trust and prayer and obedience. It's being close together. Remain or abide is used six times in the next six verses. We also read two other phrases, keep my commands and love one another. Again, multiple times. See, we can tell this is important. Where Jesus repeats it over and over again. Now remember, this is Jesus' last talk to his friends. So this is some really important stuff. Let's read on. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And then he continues and says in verse five, five, I am the vine and you are the branches. So again, he repeats, I'm the vine, you're the branches, God is the gardener. And he says that God as the gardener will treat the vine and the branches in the best way possible. God is a good gardener, and he knows how to get the best, the most fruit from his trees and his vines. So God is constantly working within us. You know, if you haven't been around a gardener that, that prunes and cares for vines and trees, the first time you watch them, it's quite shocking. They'll take a vine or a bush, a tree, and hack it back, sometimes halfway, three quarters of the way. I know when I first started working at and our roses in our gardens, my, my mom and dad had some beautiful roses, and when we bought their house, we tried to keep it up. And I was shocked at how much I had to take off every year. And then as I watched James tending the, the vine in the back of the grapevine in the back of our property, 
to. He would trim it back almost to a nub, but from that would sprout and grow beautiful new shoots that were prepared now to produce good fruit. And yet at the same time, when you discover any dead wood or those suckers, they need to be removed completely. And if these don't produce, then they're cut off, thrown into the fire. But this is an illustration about us. So does that mean that if I'm not good enough or if I'm not doing enough good things that I will be discarded? No, that's not what this is saying at all. The words that does not remain in me or does not abide in me, that is referring to someone who does not believe in Jesus, an unbeliever in who Jesus is. Judas is a classic example of someone who does not abide, does not remain. See, he hung out with Jesus. <laughs> he was about as close to faith as you can get. But he lived for himself. He never made a commitment to Jesus. And it's possible to appear to be a believer, but just going through the motion, just hanging out with the crowd and never really committing ourselves to the Lord Jesus. And see, the pruning that God does in our life, it takes different forms throughout our life. At times, it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit towards sin. At times, maybe it's our failures that draws attention to our self-reliance and really our need for dependence on God. Or pruning could come through a specific challenge that we're facing, a difficult circumstance, again, that is there to teach us on reliance on God. Pruning, completely removing and discarding. So if you learn anything from this, like Kate said to the kids, um, don't be a sucker um, that takes life but does not give it back. And Jesus even goes on to say that apart from me, you can do nothing. Again, what Jesus is talking about, there's nothing of eternal value that we can do without Jesus. And then he says that to ask in my name and it will be given. Jesus is giving us the power to fulfill God's mission here on earth. And as we abide in Jesus, we will desire what God desires and ask accordingly as we seek to bear fruit in this world. And as Jesus continues here, he comes to a very interesting statement in verse 11. And he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made complete. Told you what? He says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love or abide within 
just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Jesus told us that there's something specific that brings us joy. Now, joy, remember, this is Jesus' last time with his closest friends. He knows he's on the way to the cross. This is Thursday night. By Friday morning, he's going to be hanging, or by Friday afternoon, he's going to be hanging on a cross. He will soon be put on trial that will lead to his death. And in the midst of this, he's talking about joy. How is that possible? Well, someone else comes to mind who had joy in the midst of a bad situation. He was a guy named Paul. And he was initially feared by believers because he went around persecuting Christians. Not long after Jesus died and rose again and continues to live for us, Paul couldn't stand what Jesus had said and what he had claimed to do. And so he was actively going from town to town, finding those who believed in God, finding the Christians, and charging them with all sorts of crimes, even to the point of dragging them into the public square and inciting riots to have people stoned to death, or at least dragged to prison. But then, in a dramatic turn of events, he be himself becomes a believer. And then he is the one traveling throughout a large area of the world around Jerusalem, talking to anyone who would listen about Jesus. Well, in Greece, in the town of Philippi, he and his body Silas, they're attacked by the locals. They're arrested and they're unjustly convicted of a crime. They're beaten with rods and they're severely flogged and then thrown in jail. So late at night, they're in chains. They're locked up in a cell in the most secure part of the prison. What do they do? They express their joy in Jesus through singing songs of praise loud enough that it kept all of the other prisoners awake. <laughs> and we can say, did they get beat so hard they're delirious? No. Even in this situation, they had the presence of Jesus abiding within. And then sometime later, he wrote a book to the people of this town, specifically to the first organized church within this region. The book is called Philippians. It's in the Bible. And one of the major themes of the book is joy. Guess where Paul is when he writes the book of Philippians? That's right. He's back in prison, this time in Rome. How can that be? Where does this type of joy originate? You know, that is the joy that only Jesus can bring.
See, becoming a Christian is not just about believing in the truth of who Jesus is. It is also a decision to surrender to Jesus and allow him, in a sense, to invade our personality. It's as if our very being is permeated with the presence of Jesus. Would you like that kind of joy? A joy that is not depending on what we get, on the circumstances going our way. What does it take to experience that kind of joy? Well, that is the joy of the Lord. It's a gladness of heart. And Jesus says it's found in surrendering our lives to him. You know, there's a world full of reasons not to be happy in this life. And yet, we need to really understand that we can't allow circumstances that surround us to rob us of our joy. And you know, joy robbers are often people who just say, well, they're being practical. But they're really people who do not know the joy of the Lord. See, we usually think of joy as getting what we want. But Jesus says it's by surrendering our wants to his desire for us. This is where joy is found. So does being joyful, does having joy, does it mean always being happy? No, it, it actually doesn't. For we understand in this life that just because we're a Christian doesn't mean we won't cry. See, just a few chapters back in the book of John in chapter 11, we came to see the significance of the shortest verse in the Bible that explains so much in just two words. Those words are, Jesus wept. He himself knew sorrow and hurt and pain and disappointment. But, when we abide with Christ, our sorrow does not lead to despair. See, joy embodies hope and trust and wonder and thankfulness. It's this restored relationship with God, which had been broken through our wrongdoing. We call that sin. And now we discover joy and forgiveness and life through the Holy Spirit. Then Jesus continues, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. And you are my friends. Again, Jesus is talking about what is going to imminently happen. You are my friends and I will give up my life for you. This is an interesting statement. In verse 14 where it says, you are my friends? Friends with God? 
See, th this hadn't been a thing before. As you understand, we, as we read through the Bible before the arrival of Jesus, that our relationship with God was through the offerings, through the priest who stood before us and God. And yet now things have changed. In the entire Bible, before the advent of Jesus, and he says, you are my friends, the only ones who had that designation were two guys. One by, was by the name of Abraham and the other Moses. And it was a special relationship they had with God. Now, this is given to all of us. And everything that friendship comes to mean and we know, we have with Jesus. And one of the things is, is that God has chosen you to be his friend. Have you ever not been chosen because you weren't good enough? Maybe as a kid and, and the gang was picking teams, picking players for, for a team, or maybe you didn't get that job, or a number of different things. Have you ever not been chosen because you weren't good enough? See, that's not the case with God. He has chosen us to be his friend. And when you combine God's choosing and our surrendering, it produces fruit that is eternal and everlasting. And so after all of this, this, this wonderful life that Jesus gives us through the Spirit as we surrender, what's the reward for surrendering our lives to Christ, to, being, to living a faith-filled life in Christ? Well, in verse 18, Jesus says, the world will hate you. He says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Now, hate, that's a pretty strong word. But Jesus says, don't be surprised. Actually, you should be prepared. Maybe even expect opposition. That leads to persecution. And you know, quite honestly, this is a tough one. Because none of us want to be disliked or treated poorly for what we believe, you know, or who we support or who we align ourselves with. Years ago when we lived in Saskatchewan, we would like to go see um, the BC Lions play the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in a football game and we would head out there with some other friends from BC and there'd be a whole row of us and we would cheer and wear our black and orange colors. And at one of the games, there was an older lady who was all dressed in, in green and white, a long, long, lifelong diehard Riders fan. And as we're cheering away, she, she kind of nudges me in the back and I turn around and, and I look at her and she looks at me with a bit of a scowl on her face and she goes, I hate you. I go, you do not. You don't even know me. And she goes, well, I hate BC. Anyway, anyone who cheers for them, I hate them too. And it was ridiculous. And yet, to be disliked, to be hated, just because of who you cheer for? Now understand, 
If we cheer for Jesus, if we live for Jesus, if we stand up to a world that doesn't follow the word of God, if we live according to how we are called, if we are in opposition to a world that hasn't surrendered itself to Jesus Christ, Jesus says, be prepared, there will be opposition. Now, for the most part, the church in Canada has not faced anything we would really call persecution. But in many parts of the world, beatings and shootings, and jail, homes and churches burnt is common. But even within that, Jesus says, I'm calling you to be something more than this world has to offer or than this world believes. Believe in me, follow me, and be prepared. For those that may not like you because they didn't like me first. And he knew he was going to the cross. But he says in verse 26, right towards the end of this chapter, when the advocate or when the helper comes, when the Father sends him, this is your helper. He will enable you to do things that you had no idea you could do. He will give you strength. He will give you power. He will give you purpose that only comes through a life surrendered to God as we allow the Holy Spirit to live within. Remember, we have the Holy Spirit. Jesus wanted us to know this is one of those important things. This is one of the last things I'm going to be able to tell you. This. Take this and hold on to this. So really it's about allowing our Father to live within me. To allow us to be something we can't be on our own. Maybe we don't even desire to be, and yet through our surrendering to Jesus, to the will and to the word of God, we become all that he has created us to be. Jesus living in us points people to God. In the midst of the potential persecution or opposition, your life has the potential to bring people straight into the glory and to the grace of God. How cool, how humbling, how amazing is that? That God uses us to showcase his glory and his wonder for all eternity. Let's pray. Our God, we are amazed at who you are. God, and how you have thought of us and prepared all that we need for us to receive. God, as we allow ourselves to believe in your Son, Jesus Christ, God, surrender our lives and our desires, our will to his, so that we may receive that abiding joy that our work may produce 
bountiful fruit that is eternal rewards in the lives of people. And God, that we may have the power and the strength through the Spirit. Thank you for what you have done and you continue to do. So in this moment, God, we, we just ask that as we continually allow you to, to prune us, now that we may understand through these circumstances that we are growing to be more fruitful in our lives because of your love for us. God, we move forward in hope and in joy and in faith in the wonderful work of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. In just a few moments, we're going to continue with some things that you can talk about together at home or on the patio or wherever you happen to be, uh, to be viewing this together, just about God's work in our life, allowing the Father to live within us. Hey, thanks everybody for joining us this morning and a great message, a great time of worship, great lesson from the kids. Thanks, Kate, for that. And yeah, what we want is to continue this discussion. It's not something that you just, you, you can't just listen to this <laughs> and right. you know, then you, there's no certificate. We're not handing out a degree for church this morning. What we want is actual transformation, stuff that comes through dialoguing through this, from wrestling with it, through prayer and really examining. So uh, Doug, you've brought us right. a few questions to apply this to our lives. Yeah, there's so much more to following Christ than just listening, like you yeah. said, right? Yeah. Um, really to take that the next step and part of that is dialoguing about it and so we can move forward in our lives. Mm -hmm. But uh, here's one for us to think about, uh, talk about a little bit in your group. Is there a time when you have had the joy of the Lord in the midst of a difficult situation? Mm. And, uh, this is yeah. kind of by the way of just encouraging one another because I think one of the great things is sharing our stories. Um, just to yeah. uh, allow other people to, to know where we've been a little bit and to give them that little bit of a shot, shot in the arm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jesus can be found even there in that situation. Totally, yeah, yeah. There's, and there's so many times. Um, do, do you have a specific story? Because I've got a thought of, that's brewing in my mind, but it might come <laughs> yeah. after. Yeah, you know, and some of these things take a little while to kind of, to kind of formulate that, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I know when um, we were in some a difficult situation, part of it was in Saskatchewan, and um, you know, we, we had the, the pursuing a direction that we thought was right, and it just didn't seem like it was gonna work out. Mm. And there was frustration there, and with, within the church, it was, it was just kind of challenging, and some of the voices were very negative. And, uh, but in the midst of that, we were just encouraged by people um, by their ability to see beyond all kind of the surface stuff. And we're here because God has called us to hmm. be here to support and encourage one another. And we found so much joy in God, even in that challenging time that, that had people, some people that were a little bit upset with one another, hmm. but there was an underlying peace of God. Sure. And uh, which, which brought us through. Yeah, yeah, almost yeah. Uh, almost inexplicably at times. It, eh? it was. It, it was hard to explain, but, but that's the common that, testimony. Yeah, I've I've heard that before yeah. too. And uh, for yeah. me right now, I'm yeah. having a hard time thinking of a specific yeah. story. And it's and I don't mean this as a brag. It's been mm -hmm. kind of easy sailing for a little bit for me. And uh, and I want to share this mostly because yeah. I actually think 
I, I've had a, a number of friends and family go through exactly right. that hard times. Yeah. Amazing testimonies yeah. that have come out of it. And my hope is that I have been able to be, because I'm not burdened and uh, I maybe, you know, I haven't been going through these rough patches in the midst yeah. of difficult situations. Right. I'm hoping I've been able to be a conduit uh, for God's love, for God's joy in other people's lives yeah. in that situation. Yeah. And uh, that it's not just smooth sailing so I can right. just sit back on the couch and relax, yeah. but I'm actually able to be active and involved in that way. God's blessed me for a reason. So that's my hope. Yeah. I think I have been and I've, I've encountered amazing testimony yeah. stories of people who've lost everything and had no reason to have hope in the next day right. and yet they're still like yeah well you know what god is going to just bring me to towards tomorrow and it, the things that come out of that are incredible right. and and that is so much of what the church is about the the people who gather uh following jesus to, to be that for one yeah. another right um to that encouragement in those times yeah so, yeah that 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 says a lot yeah. absolutely so yeah. your next one Okay, so this one's a little bit more personal about what's going on, or maybe has gone on in our lives. Can you share a time when you have been pruned by God? Um, some experience that maybe we weren't looking forward to, uh, and, and maybe we felt it a little bit by, uh, you know, sometimes we call it, you know, the discipline of God, but it's all to help us grow stronger in our faith, yeah. um, so we can bear more fruit. Anything come to mind? Yeah, I, it, you know what? A lot of it comes, it, it, I think pruning is perfect because yeah. it's when you feel cut down a little bit. And I know for me, it's been through yeah. cycles when it's uh, similar to what Kate was almost saying to asking uh, kids. And I think this thing yeah. we can all do yeah. is asking your parents or family or friends like stuff like, hey, what, what do you think needs to be cut out of my life? Or where do I need to be <laughs> cut back a little bit? Because yeah. uh, you can, I can get overconfident sometimes yeah. that like, yeah. you know what, the, I'm the best at this. Yeah. No one else can even right. touch it. Like, right. this is fine. I'm, I'm walking uh -huh. on sunshine here. And then yeah. I'll have somebody who trusts me. And, uh, you know, I heard it this week. Uh, Pastor mm -hmm. Rob said, you ready for uh, some tough love? Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then with that moment, it's, uh, yeah, okay, what is it? And then boom, yeah. just cut down completely because yeah. I'm finding like, oh, there's an area where my overconfidence, literally being a bit too cocky about something is putting mm -hmm. people off, mm -hmm. pushing people away from me. I'm not actually as great at whatever it is. I actually, you know what, I'm not that fit. I'm not yeah. that, and, and it, I need a bit of that cutting back. So yeah. and, that's how and it really is. then is just to be able to receive that thing, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. You know, which allow that pruning to take place and be effective in our lives. And, and grow, yeah. grow after it, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's for sure. I think one area in my life where I see God has pruned me and he kind of got my attention was this, um, I, I had, Kind of the tendency to be be critical of of people quite quickly hmm. and you know well if they just would have done this you know or responded this way or or you know whatever it was and then god really kind of caught me short on hmm. that and he exposed some things in in my life and it's like whoa that was wrong and i think that helped me to be a more gracious person as I learned through that, not mm. to be so judgmental so quickly, sure. um, but just to either, well, if that's a situation, maybe there's something I can do to help them to grow through that rather than judge them so quickly. So sure. He, he got my attention yeah. <laughs> that way with a bit of pruning. And yeah. so heavy question, but worth it. Yeah. Ask each other too. So a big thing we want yeah. here is for you to engage in this kind of stuff with each other. If it's not people who are just in the same living room with yeah. you uh, or a kitchen, wherever you're watching right. this, uh, if you have a small group and you're joining in together on Zoom, 
sky phone each other, uh, do a patio yeah. visit. I think yeah. we've got a couple deck churches going mm -hmm. on now outside. Yeah. yeah. Uh, keep this stuff going. And what I do yeah. want to do is put out for everyone there, uh, for all of you, if, if you're kind of yeah. new into this, if you're having questions, if anything in this morning kind of inspired you, mm -hmm. think like, what is this Jesus stuff all yeah. about? Like a relationship. We yeah. just talked about being friends right. with God today. Yeah. And yeah. if that's like a bizarre idea, yeah. but you're curious about it, we would love to make that next step happen with you. Uh, we've got three pastors here on staff of the church, an amazing leadership team. Send us a message, hello at cedarvalley.ca. We'd love to get in touch with you. Yeah, uh, because it's so much more than the building, you know? And if you've been scared to walk into a building with all of these people you don't know, this is a good time. You can, <laughs> we can talk over the phone yeah. or email, right? And you, you can experience a little bit of what is the church without the scariness of the big building and a whole crowd of people. Totally. So, Absolutely. So thanks yeah. so much for joining us this morning, Cedar Valley. We will see you next week. All right. See you next week, Mother's Day. <laughs>